following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. We started a series last week, a three-week series. This is the middle part of it. So last week was a piece of bread. Next week's a piece of bread. This is the meat tonight. And so we started a series called, Oh, But Yes, You Can begin again. So last week we just talked about, oh, but yes. And we talked about saying yes to the Lord. Abraham was the first man to say yes to him completely after the fall in the garden. And he trusted Abraham and Abraham trusted him. And now we have this great nation of Israel because one man trusted one God. And he followed him, didn't even know where he was going. He looked for a city that had a foundation whose builder and maker was God. And he never found it on this side, but he's living in it now. So what I wanna preach to you tonight is we are yes people because we have said yes to him. And tonight I'm gonna speak on the next two words. Oh, but yes, you can. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, he said you can. And you can. First, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter four, verse eight, we are troubled, but not distressed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Turn to somebody and say, I'm gonna help the pastor tonight. (laughs) Say, preach to me tonight, pastor. Let the word touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Let it change my mind. Preach the word to me tonight, Pastor. Let it touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Preach to me tonight, Pastor. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. You may be seated. You're wonderful people. I'm honored. Someone has stated that persistence is the willingness to try instead of using a favorite alibi. It rhymes, but it's a good statement. It's simply getting up one more time than you are knocked down. What America and Austin and all the churches around the world need are people who will continue to get back up and stand for the right things in our world. See, the only difference, folks, between a champion and a defeated man is getting up one more time than they are knocked down. Proverbs 24 says, for though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. The righteous just don't stay down. President Calvin Coolidge said, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. He said, talent will not, leave it up. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with the abundance of talent. If you can put the second one up with it, I'd appreciate it. Genius will not, he said. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. And he said, education will not. The world is filled with educated derelicts. But he said, persistence and determination alone will help you reach 
the goal. Welcome to Christian Life Austin tonight. And we're going to talk about you can. The secret to any kind of success is a you can spirit. Now, there was a story in Reader's Digest a few years back about a young man who took his girl home at the end of their first date. And emboldened by that night, I hope this wasn't you that they're writing about, he decided to try for that important first kiss. With an air of confidence, he leaned with his hand against the wall and smiling, he said to her, darling, how about a good night kiss? Horrified, she replied, are you mad? My parents will see us. He said, oh, come on. Who's gonna see us at this hour? She said, no, please. Can you imagine if we get caught? He said, oh, come on. There's nobody around, they're all sleeping. No way, she countered, it's just too risky. Oh, please, please, I like you so much. She said, no, no, and no. I like you too, but I just can't. He said, oh, yes, you can. Please? She said, no, no, I just can't. Please, he said. And out of the blue, the porch light goes on and, a girl, and the girl's sister shows up in her pajamas. Her hair's all disheveled. You can tell she's been to bed a long time. In a sleepy voice, the sister says, Dad told me to tell you to go ahead and give him a kiss. <laughs> or I can if you don't want to. <laughs> and if need be, Dad will come down himself and give him a kiss. Then she said, but for crying out loud, tell him to take his hand off the intercom button. <laughs> That's a funny story. <laughs> I thought I'd share that with you. For all you that's gonna be parents soon of these teenagers. So I wanna preach five points to you tonight. I wanna speak on five points. Point number one. You can, a you can spirit never considers quitting. Anybody ever had a quit in your life? You ever just fell down and said, I can't go no more? You know, you never can consider quitting in marriage. If love is a dream, marriage is the alarm clock. One man stated, there's three phases of marriage. There's lust, there's rust, and then there's dust. Over half of the marriages in the world end up in divorce. And the survival rate of the second marriage is only 30%. The survival rate of the third marriage is 15%. What they're saying is the cure sometimes for divorce is worse than the conflict of marriage. It's never should be considering quitting in business. People are looking for employment but they're not looking for work. But I've discovered the only place success comes before work is in the dictionary. Nothing in life will work until you do. You never should consider quitting in education. If you're gonna get the education, go get it. Reach for it. You'll hurt yourself the rest of your life thinking what I could have been and what I could have done. Read about a young man in college was hovering between a D and an F in zoology. And his dad said, son, if you fail, I'm go you're going to the military. I'm done with you. 
and he went to class for his final exam and the professor of the zoology class put 10 birds on a horizontal pole with with sacks over their heads and the professor said, identify these birds by their legs only. The young man stood and said, this is a stupid school. And professor, you are a dumb professor. And this is a horrible class. And the professor said, who said that? And the young man stood up in the aisle and pulled up his pants to his knees and said, you guess, sir, you guess. You'll get that after a while. (laughs) Identify me by my legs. You should never consider giving up in spiritual warfare. Quit sometimes looks good. Your face gets bloody in the ring. Your spirit is battered. Your emotions are hurt. You may have failed in your finest hour. You are discouraged and full of despair. Friends have walked out. Satan whispers, quit, 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 quit. But a you can attitude is causing your head to look up and your spirit to say, we are hard pressed on every side but I'm not crushed. I am perplexed, but not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I'm struck down, but I am not destroyed. Translation of these verses, hell has thrown everything it has at you, but heaven's still pulling for you. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians, now thanks be unto God, which always, say always, always causes us always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always causes us to triumph in Christ. There's never not an always. It's always, always, always. You're not gonna lose when you got Jesus in your life. It's an always. Come on, it's an always. Not just victory, but triumphant life. It's an always. Somebody say always. Always. We are still triumphant through Christ. We can trump. Hebrews 12 said, look into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You know what the joy was? It was us. Despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen to this pastor tonight. I love you all. Galatians 6 and 9 says, be not weary in well-doing for in due season. You shall reap. Say, you shall reap. I hope you're getting these scriptures and you take them home, put them on your refrigerator. If you faint not. David said, now this is, this is precious here, folks. <clears throat> We're going to get a little laugh out of David. David said in Psalms 42, verse 5, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. He's telling his soul to hope, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Now, David wrote that in Psalms 42 and five. Psalms 42 and 11, six verses later, he says, why are you cast down on my soul? He's already hit another bump. And why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. He said the same verse the second time in six verses, but he's not done. He did a long bridge on that song. Psalms 43 and 5 said, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. You know why he did that? For us. Because he wanted you to know that one verse sometimes not enough. You've got to say it again and again 
and again and again and again and again and again and again. Come on now, and again and again until you get on top of that, until you realize I've got a hope in God. Just keep singing the song. Isaiah said, when you walk through the water, it will not drown you. When you walk through the fire, it will not burn you. I am your God, nothing shall dismay you. I will make the crooked way straight. I'll lift up the valley and bring low the hill. God said, I am greater than the crisis and the cross is greater than the conflict. Can you clap your hands for that right now? A you can spirit never considers quitting. Psalms 42, 5, 42, 11, 43, 5. Sing that song. Just sing it again and again and again and again. The second point I want to make is, that, is this, simply this. A you can spirit does not demand instant answers. Some people believe that all their problems have to be gone completely after one service on Sunday morning from 9 to 10. And surely from 11 to 12. I used to have a lady came to our church in Dallas and she told me one time, she said, Pastor, I came this morning saying, God, I need victory today in church and said, I didn't get it. Said, I guess I'm gonna quit. I said, no, you're not gonna quit. You're not gonna quit. You're just not gonna quit. She said, why? I said, because I said so. I was a little bit different pastor then. I was in my 20s, okay? I was a little bit. She said, well, I don't have to listen to you. I said, no, you're not. You're gonna listen to God. You're not gonna be a quitter on God. God has never quit on you and you're not gonna quit on him. <clears throat> she said, okay, I'll come back Wednesday see if I get my answer. She got it on a Tuesday. She come back, said, I don't need it, I got it. I said, well, thank you. See, God's gonna show up for you. In Numbers chapter 27 and Joshua chapter 17, there's a story that combines in those two, those two chapters. Speaks of the five daughters of a man named Zelophehad pronounced that three times, whose name means just shadow of fear. Now, I know the people in the wilderness died because of fear, but he wasn't one of those. He just, his name meant shadow of fear. In other words, he had a different kind of fear. He waited, he waited to tell his daughter, see, only boys, only men could have inheritances in the land of promise. But they went to the high priest and they went to Moses and they said, we want our daughters to have this, this gift if something happens to me. And Moses promised and the high priest promised. And then seven years later, folks, when they were in the land of promise, Moses was no longer there. Joshua was there. The leadership had changed. It was seven years later. And they went to Joshua and said, we, we were given a promise seven years ago that God was gonna let us have the land that belonged to our father Zelophehad. And the high priest said, yes, it's in the book and you can have it. Here's what I want to tell you. There's a lot of things sometimes you have to wait on. But waiting on the Lord is some of the greatest times you'll ever spend in your life. Because you know without a shadow of a doubt that he will come through for you in due season. Habakkuk chapter two verse three says, write the vision, make it plain. Though the vision tarry, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not lie. That is one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament because God has shown me that 
when we took this church, I wrote the vision, I made it plain, and God is letting it happen right now in front of our eyes because we're not gonna quit on God. Help me now. God promised Abraham and Sarah a child, 12 years, no voice. And Hagar was offered by Sarah. And Abraham could not be patient. He went into Hagar and produced Ishmael, the father of the Arab nation, who later when he was 13 years old, when Isaac, the son of God, was born, he mocked him. Some sitting here today, some sitting here today have stood in front of a microwave saying, hurry up. Asking me, is there anything faster than instant coffee? I read a sign at a store one day. It said, antiques manufactured while you wait. (laughs) You can, people do not need a quick fix. Here is how they handle failure. Number one, they give up every thought of quitting. Come on, let's say no thought of quitting. Number two, they realize that quitting is murdering their ability. Say it, it's murdering my ability. And number three, they know they have to fight the good fight to win the battle. Winston Churchill said the nose of a bulldog is sloped backwards so that he can bite and breathe at the same time without turning loose. Some of us need to get a bite on what God has for us and not turn loose, not let go until he blesses us. That's what Jacob did and he woke up and he was, he, was, he, was, he was Israel. He was a prince that had power with God. You hear me? You can't let go of the promises of God. Don't quit on God. He will not quit on you. Woo, hallelujah. Back, back when Germany was giving England fits, the parliament in England voted 800 for to not defy Hitler. Let's don't bother him. Let's let him go. Don't work, don't, don't, let's don't get in a war with him. But the vote was 800 to one. The one was Winston Churchill. And that's why he became the prime minister. A young giraffe is taught by the mother when that baby is born and it's laying on the ground. That mother will come over and kick that baby so it'll stand up on its feet. And then she'll knock him over and put him down again and then kick him again so he'll stand up again. And it looks like it's inhumane what the mother does. She'll kick him to get him up and then knock him over to knock him down. And one day a a zookeeper said, this is the reason why. Said giraffes are not the fastest thing in the jungle. And that mother has got to let that baby know that when danger's coming, he's got to get up and get out of there. He's got to go and said, if she doesn't, she'll lose him. So she has to kick him and then knock him over and kick him and knock him over so he'll learn how to get up when danger's approaching. What I want to tell you folks is that we must not demand instant answers. We cannot quit on this God of heaven. Amen? Amen. The third thing, the third thing, you can people refuse to make excuses. Aren't you tired of excuses? I, I, Pastor, yeah, I'd have done that, but you know what? The devil just got in the way, you know, and just kept me out. No, no. You do what you want to do. I've determined people spend their money on what they want to spend their money on. Sometimes it's not Jesus. 
Sometimes it's on stuff that's going to take them away from Jesus. You'll get it. Sometimes it's on things they don't need. Sometimes it's robbing their family to spend money. But let me tell you something. It's time for people of Jesus Christ to come up with this concept. I am not going to make an excuse for not living for God. All great living comes when you take responsibility for who you are. You can people stand up and accept their life and they do not blame others. <clears throat> you know, I'd be all right <clears throat> in the church if it wasn't for old Sister Sally. She's always messed with me. You know, I'd be all right if it wasn't for that pastor. He don't like me. He just don't like me. You can't use that here. You better go pedal that someplace else. You can't use that here. As long as you blame others, they control you. As long as they are responsible for you, there's no course change of life. Churchill said, the price of greatness is responsibility. And in a no-fault society, I am still the captain of my ship. That is what an excuse is. This is what it is. It's the thin skin of fear stretched across a bald-faced lie. That's what an excuse is. Jesus could have made excuses, folks. He really could have. He could have said, you know what? I was born illegitimate. It's true. It's true. I wasn't born of the supernatural. I was born illegitimate. He could have said, I'm a member of the hated minority, the Jews. The Romans don't like us. He could have said, I was born in political captivity. He was called a liar. He was called a drunkard because he turned water to wine. He was called a heretic. He was called an insurrectionist. People didn't want him to live. Judas, he said, is betraying me. Peter's cursing me. Thomas is doubting me. That's three out of the 12, but he got up. He got up. He got up. The grave could not hold him. And he said to us, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. He said it. He said it. He refused to make excuses. Don't be an excuse in your life. Be excellent. Paul said in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. The fourth thing that can do people always understand. You can people overcome handicaps. They do. Joni Erickson's one of my heroines, or Shiro, whatever you want to call her. She was a, a champion skier, and she had an accident and became a quadriplegic. And Oh, it could have shut her down, but it didn't. She became one of the greatest artists, and she paints with her mouth, and she was a champion. Franklin Delano Roosevelt was a president in a wheelchair. Helen Keller graduated with honors from Radcliffe. She couldn't see, she couldn't hear, she could barely talk. Sir Walter Scott had bad feet. Napoleon was an epileptic. Edison was called stupid. Beethoven was deaf. Moses was slow of speech, but he led three million people at 80 years of age, wrote five books, lived to be 120, and walked to his own funeral. What's your problem? <laughs> Paul had a thorn in his flesh and wrote 14 books. You can people can. They overcome handicaps. They overcome setbacks. And the last point I want to make tonight is this. I'm not through preaching, but I'm going to make this point. 
Persistent people, you can people, is a key to greatness. Everybody say persistence is a key to greatness. A profile of a you can person never says, I can't. They always believe God is greater than dot, 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 anything. It's never, they're never hindered by lack and they're never mastered by fear. Second Timothy 1 and 7 said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. So what does persistent really look like? It looks like the bulldog that wouldn't stop fighting until he won the fight. A Baptist preacher got him two wonderful bird dogs that were the best in the business. And he was excited about taking them to go bird hunting. He put them in the backyard, but down the road about three, block, three houses away, a family moved in that had this little bulldog. And that bulldog, when the wind was right, smelt those bird dogs and he got out of his fence, climbing under it and came down to their fence and dug under the fence and here he was. And he's looking at them. And the preacher was looking through the picture window and said, you know what? I might ought to stop this because those, those dogs of mine are gonna hurt that dog real bad. But he said, you know what? He needs to be taught a lesson. So those dogs got on him and absolutely chewed him up and gashed his ear and his nose and he was bleeding and yelping and went under the fence and went back down to his house. And the preacher said, I won't see that dog again. No, not till the next day. Next day, same time, that dog was under that fence again barking at him like, here I am, boys, you gonna do it again? And they got him again and sent him home yelping. And the man said, surely he's learned his lesson. No, not the next day, it was the third day. And he came back the third day and the same, same thing happened again. And he came back the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day, the seventh day, the eighth day, the ninth day, the 10th day, the 11th day, the 12th day, the 13th day, same results. And on the 14th day, I don't know what it was. Maybe those bird dogs were keeping a calendar. I don't know. But that little old dog was heard coming down that alley one more time. And those bird dogs ran in through the dog door into the basement. And when the owner got down there, they were shivering, shaking like, please don't make us go do that again. We've whipped him 13 straight days and he showed up the 14th day. And the little bulldog looked around. <laughs> marked his territory a couple of places, yelped a little bit, ran on back down to his house and was never seen again. See, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Some people are like that bulldog. They're just not gonna give up until they win this thing called Christ in their life. Come on, somebody. You gonna help me today? Come on. So Churchill said, Churchill had a bulldog and Churchill said, we'll fight those people on the land. We'll fight them on the sea. We'll fight them to the last drop of blood flows from our English bodies. We will never surrender. I may be troubled, 
but I'm not distressed. I may be perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I may be persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. I may be cast down, but I am not destroyed. Let me give you some you cans, and I'm going to close, and we're going to take communion. You can know God. You can have a relationship with him. You can be forgiven of things that you have done. You can know that you have eternal life. That's a pretty good thing to know, isn't it? You can know what to do with your life. Here's a great one. You can be happy. You can be happy. You can go home again. You can be less worried. And the last one, you can take all these things to the bank. These all will cash because God is with us. God is with us. That's about all I got. I don't preach long. Sometimes I preach good and sometimes I don't preach so good. You determined that tonight. I gave you what I had. But let me say something to you. There's five things I've given you tonight. Five things. And I want you to, I want you to get a hold of them. I hope you took good notes. And if you didn't take good notes, I hope you watch the podcast again and hear it again. Even with the mistakes and the mis, mismanaged words that I spoke. Even with all those. Because you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Everybody say, I can. I can. Amen. Now listen to me. Last week we talked about saying yes. This week we talked about you can. Next week we're going to talk about beginning again. Start overs. God is a God that lets you start over. And that's a great thing to have. He's not going to hold it against you the rest of your life because you threw him away in your life. And the devil has beat you up these last several years saying you can't never be what you once were. That's a lie. God's with you. God's for you. And you can begin again. Amen. Stand to your feet all over the building. Let's take our communion cups. Amen. You know, Patty and I are truly in love with one another and I'm so glad that God put her in my life and restored my life and healed my life. The blessings of God are wonderful. The sacrifice of people is also wonderful. And sometimes when you sacrifice and you see God turn that sacrifice to blessing, then you realize, wow, God really does keep good score. And let me say something to you. God may not always pay on Friday, but he always pays. And if you cast your bread on the water, whatever you cast on the water is going to come back to you. 
So if you cast faith, it'll come back. If you cast hope, it'll come back. If you cast giving, it'll come back. If you cast love, it'll come back. It always comes back. But you gotta do it. So tonight, we're gonna receive this communion with the spirit of love in our hearts for the Lord, for what he's done for us. And we're all on a journey, folks. This is not a dash, it's a marathon. We're all on a journey. But this right here is gonna take us over the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Wow. The fact we get to take this and every time we take it, it's like we're repenting all over again and we're beginning all over again in our life. So take the bread out, hold it up and say, Jesus, Jesus. I thank you for your body that was broken for me. And I receive this to myself with my whole heart, with my whole being, with my body, soul, and spirit. I receive it in the name of the Lord. Receive it right now. Take out the fruit of the vine. We lived in a little farmhouse outside of Lockney, Texas. I was a very sick boy. We didn't have the money to go to the doctor, but we had a pastor that knew how to pray. And he came to our house and he prayed for me and he did something that I, I never forgot. He pled the blood over that house. He pled the blood. In other words, he said, Jesus, cover this house with your saving grace and blood. And I was healed that night and never had a, a whisper of that problem again. Come to find out it was a spleen problem. But I'm here today because the blood covered. When you go home tonight, you have taken communion. So when you walk in the house, why don't you say, not only let this come into me, let it cover everything around me. Huh? Let the blood of the lamb cover everything around me. Cover this house, cover my family, cover my job tomorrow, cover my travel, go with me, protect me, keep me, and guide me. Let's receive the blood of Jesus tonight to our lives. Mm. Anybody feel like lifting their hands and just saying hallelujah to him? Just praise him a little bit. Come on, just praise him. Come on, just praise him. Just praise him all over this house. Come on, let your voice be heard. Praise him all over this house. Praise him all over this house. Praise him all over this house. Praise him. Praise him all over this house. God is good. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
somebody beside you. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the goodness and the favor of God in our hearts. God, we can do all things because you are strengthening us. We can make it happen. I bless you. I bless these people. I bless their tomorrows. I bless their tonights. I bless their right nows. Let them walk out of here knowing that they have been in the house of God and that you're walking with them. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Baby dedication on Sunday. Also, Pentecost Sunday on Sunday. We're going to celebrate here. I love you. Go home. God bless.